Hello everyone, my name is Shane German, the music director at WYCE 88.1 FM in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Today I'm joined in our virtual studio by Ray Zaragoza. Ray Zaragoza is an award-winning singer-songwriter who Paste Magazine called one of the most politically relevant artists in her genre. First-generation Japanese-American on her mother's side and indigenous on her father's side, Ray Zaragoza shares a unique multinational perspective and and stories through songs that are both inspiring and thought-provoking. Her critically acclaimed 2017 album, Fight For You, included the songs American Dream and Driving to Standing Rock, as well as the quiet yet powerful song, In the River, which was written in response to the construction of the Dakota Access Pipeline near the Standing Rock Sioux Reservation in North Dakota. In the River resonated strongly with listeners and was named one of the top 25 protest songs of the 21st century. Ray Zaragoza is back in 2020 with brand new music and still providing stunning vocals and politically minded songwriting. Her brand new songs, The It Girl and the infectious feminist anthem Fight Like a Girl, have already been added to the WYCE Music Library to rave reviews from our music programmers and our listeners alike. Please welcome to WYCE, Ray Zaragoza. the moon show me what to do when they are taking our rights away policing our bodies easy easy we go it's repeating on and on take me front lines of the war to fight like a girl send me knowledge send me peace from when you were fighting for all the rights that I have today our homes, our boats, our voices easy easy we go Repeating on and on. Take me to the water, take me to the snow, where all the souls of our sisters had to go. Take me to the street sides, teach me your battle cries. Take me to the front lines of the war, to fight like a girl. Fight like a girl, fight like a girl, fight like a girl. Take me to the water, take me to the snow, where all the souls of our mothers had to go. Take me 
Take me to the front lines of the war to fight like a girl. Fight like a girl. New music from Ray Zaragoza. Ray, welcome to WYCE. Thank you so much for having me today. Absolutely. So nice to be here in this yeah. virtual space with you. <laughs> We're still getting used to it. I'm sure you are as an artist. You know, a yeah. lot of our favorite artists have so much great music out, but they can't tour. They can't do their usual thing. And uh, yeah. we've just had to kind of roll with the punches. So mm -hmm. these virtual sessions are a great way for us to stay in contact with uh, some of our favorite artists. Now, you were actually here in this mm -hmm. studio like two years mm -hmm. ago. You were in Grand Rapids uh, opening for Dispatch. Um, at uh, Frederick Meyer Gardens and you actually were nice enough to come in and and do a little yeah. session before that show So it's nice to see you virtually nice see again you. <laughs> Yeah, that was so fun. It was very surreal to be in the studio with all of you. I you know that tour was just something else it was That you know that show was incredible. I'd never played to that many people before that tour and it was a very surreal experience, so I'm glad that we got to share that together. <laughs> yeah, and I uh, that day, it was one of the rare times that we've had two artists in the studio at the same on the same day. Mm -hmm. So you came in and did yours, and then you had to go to your sound check, and then mm -hmm. Dispatch came in and did you know a couple of songs, and then they and they were headlining, so they went last. Uh, yep. But it was one of the few times uh, that we as a station had had two artists in here back to back. And then running over to there, we usually do one artist and then we're done or whatever. But yeah. that, that that day we had both of you and it was really awesome. Yeah, that was so cool. I felt very cool that I got to have a radio interview at the same place as Dispatch. I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, this is so exciting. Well, we were excited for you. Uh, your 2017 album, Fight For You, uh, did really well here. Our programmers just lost their minds over it. Um Aww. And cool. we're just thrilled to see that you're back with new music. Um, it's, the two new singles have already been added and are already getting love from our music programmers. So we're excited that you're here. Uh, you're originally from New York City. Um, and okay. I would, Grand Rapids has a huge theater scene. And I would mm -hmm. be remiss if I did not talk to you about the fact that your father was on Broadway in Annie yeah. Get Your Gun. Mm -hmm. Tell me about growing up in New York was your dad always yeah. like a theater actor like what's your what's his relationship to theater yeah you know theater was a huge part of my life growing up um it was everything uh New York City and theater was everything um when I was five years old my dad was he played Chief Sitting Bull and Annie Get Your Gun on Broadway and so the Marriott Marquis was pretty much like my playground and uh, my parents didn't really believe in babysitters. So instead of having a babysitter, we would hang out at the theater every night until my dad got out at 11 o'clock. And we'd do our homework backstage. I would sit on his lap during the meet and greets after the shows or after matinees. Um, Bernadette Peters was like an aunt to me. Um, and it was a really incredible uh, way to grow up because from the time I was five years old, I knew that it was possible to perform in front of thousands of people and that that's what I wanted to do. And at the time, I didn't really know that that was that I wanted to be a singer songwriter and I wanted to write my own music. But um, that started this uh, path for me of getting into theater. So I grew up uh, performing in theater, um, performing in off-Broadway shows, um, in singing classes, dance classes and all kinds of things like that. Because, um, yeah, my dad was a theater actor when I was a kid. That's incredible. And the fact that Bernadette Peters was the Annie Oakley for that oh, production. I mean, she's yeah. had 
a queen. She's an icon, you know. She's, <laughs> she's amazing, and she is the kindest, most loving person um, out there. She was so sweet to me and my siblings when we were kids, and yeah, she's still a friend, a friend of the family to this day, and I love Bernadette. <laughs> we all love Bernadette. I mean, yes. she really is. Uh, she's a national treasure, as I like to say. Yes, she is. She really is. Um, so you grew up in Manhattan around the theater community, but then you ended up moving to the West Coast, correct? Yeah. So is that yeah. where you're based now? I am based on the West Coast now. We moved out here when I was 14. Um, my dad is from California. He always wanted to come back. He wanted to pursue more of his uh, you know, film and television career. And so we all moved out here. Um, and then I missed uh, New York so much, and I ended up moving back to New York when I was 20 years old and then I ended up moving back here to the West Coast again and now I live in Long Beach, California and my parents live in Los Angeles but I love it here. It's nice to be by the ocean. Mm -hmm. I lived uh, I lived in Los Alamitos which is like right outside Long Beach. Oh, uh, yeah. I drive through it all the time. <laughs> yeah. I went to a I went to the Orange County School of the High School of the Arts out there. They're I no longer there. <laughs> Did you? They're no longer in Los Alamitos. I think they're yeah. in Santa something uh, yeah I can't remember where they relocated to but I went to school out there so I would uh I definitely understand why you would want to be near the water and yeah. you know especially during a pandemic it's really nice you know I can socially distantly do so many things outside of the ocean which has yeah. been a lifesaver right now yeah it really has now before we move on to the new music I because I had this opportunity uh to talk to you about the last incredible record there's a song on that album called American Dream, which mm -hmm. every time I hear it just strikes a chord in me. Um, it's a, just a beautiful song. Um, and it really tells the story of, you know, like, uh, um, you know, this fake thing that they feed us ever, you know, since we're children, that mm -hmm. the American Dream is, you know, the white picket fence and in right, the suburbs yeah. and all of that. Yeah. Um, and you've said that um, that was never your American dream because it's not truly inclusive of all American yeah. people. Mm -hmm. But there's a lyric in it that I want to ask you about. Mm -hmm. um, and it says, I've been thinking about our mother and how they mm -hmm. took her away from her people, put her in a boarding school away from her brother, sister, and culture. Mm -hmm. Can you talk to me about that? Um, yeah. do, you have, do you have a family history with um, you know being separated uh, because of culture? Or? Yeah, um, so that... That lyric is about um, my grandma Via, and she, um, like many other indigenous young Native American children, was taken away from her people and her culture, and um, she was ado actually adopted out, and, and you know adopted out of the tribe and was put into uh, Indian boarding school. And so, if anyone listening doesn't know about uh, Indian boarding schools, Native American boarding schools, um, rather than giving a history lesson live on the air, um, there's so much to learn about it. Um, this was a system of removing uh, Native children. And, you know, the mantra of these places was kill the Indian, save the man. It was a really, really awful, um, traumatizing way of stripping young people of their culture in order to assimilate them into, quote unquote, American culture. And so um, my grandma Via was one of these children. And um, so that's what the lyric is about. It's about um, thinking about her and her legacy and thinking about all that she endured 
um, as an indigenous woman and wanting to continue to acknowledge her American dream. You know, what's her dream for, um, for her descendants and how can I take her incredibly um, traumatizing experience and turn it into a way of, um, of, of, of sharing um, a, a way, you know, because there's so often the American dream is a way of watering down the past and not acknowledging it. And I don't want to water down the past. I want to tell her story proudly and acknowledge her existence and the existence of many um, young children who were taken away from their culture as a way of feeding into the American dream. And um, so, yeah, that's what the, the lyrics about. It's about my grandma. It's an absolutely beautiful song. I highly recommend people check out American Dream um, off your last record. Now, what I can tell, just based off the two new songs uh, that I've heard for 2020, women are still inspiring you uh, (laughs) and do every day, which I'm thrilled about. You are uh, clearly um, motivated in your songwriting to uh, represent uh, women empowerment and, Mm and... I think that your the two new singles that you've released off this record, "Fight Like a Girl" and "The It Girl," um, certainly you're still um, fighting that good fight uh, for the feminist cause, and I love it. Um, talk to me about uh, "Fight Like a Girl." Yeah, so "Fight Like a Girl" is a song about obviously about women and women's rights, but I wanted to write a song that had women of color at the front, mm-hmm. and I it always is interesting to me that you know actually uh in august 26th is the 100th anniversary of women getting the right to vote but not all women and oftentimes when we celebrate these milestones and these markers and these triumphs for women we're actually thinking about when white women were given Mm -hmm. um rights and as that is absolutely something to celebrate. And I think that's something that should never not be celebrated. That is something that's incredible. It also to acknowledge that um, the road and the path for women of color has actually been a a longer road and that uh, the rights for women of color are still being fought for as they are being still fought for, for all women. And um, actually the, uh, the whole suffrage movement was inspired by these matriarchal um, indigenous communities. And uh, I think that's important to give credit to um, during uh, the celebration of 100 years since, uh, since the suffrage movement and women getting the right to vote. And, um, and so anyway, uh, I met Deb Holland, who is one of my heroes. She's one of the two first Native American women in, in Congress. And I wrote Fight Like a Girl around the time meeting her. And uh, meeting her just reminded me that as indigenous women, as women of color, as brown women, Asian women, immigrant women, uh, we truly can do anything we set our minds to and that these limitations that we have felt existed, um, we can break through those. And so Fight Like a Girl is a song for those women. I I just think it's incredible that the way that um, you really kind of shine a light on the fact that there needs to be more diverse representation um, of all types of women, what, you know, and I think that that really, we need that representation more than ever, especially in yeah. these times. Um, and you're absolutely right. It's we we t- the media especially tends to make it 
um, uh, not necessarily a, an inclusive view of women. And I think that uh, you kind of touch on that with the it girl because um, you're, you're saying you, growing up uh, all you wanted to be was the it girl. Uh, but that meant to you being a blonde princess Barbie that meets mm-hmm. Prince Charming. Um, and I read that in high school that you would actually like try to lighten your skin or like wear blue contacts because that's yeah. what was being fed to you as what what yeah. it was like to be the it girl. Talk to me about mm-hmm. that. Yeah, you know, that was something that I never thought I would say out loud or even admit to myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's actually a very important and relatable part of my story. And when I was in high school, I'd get up early. I would literally put lemon juice all over my skin and just like sit there, like marinate in it for uh, 20 minutes and then get in the shower and wash it off. And it actually, it would get rid of skin pigmentation or it would make it so that if you had it, the, the more pigmentation you had it from the sun, it would get rid of it. And then I would wear uh, colored contacts and then dye my hair lighter. And at the time I didn't really put a word to it of, oh, I'm trying to look less like a minority. <laughs> like I'm trying to look less, um, like I'm Hispanic or indigenous, um, which are two of my backgrounds, but I couldn't put a name to that. I just thought, oh, this is how you look pretty. This is, this is like what you do. Like blue eyes are prettier than brown eyes, obviously. And all of these things that I just thought in my head and growing up, I watched a lot of TV. I love television shows. I wanted to be a performer. I wanted to be an actor. And generally a majority of the people portraying the ingenues, the leading ladies, the, um, the romantic interests, the things that little girls look up to and want to be were mostly white women. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is something that's really, um, like it's really difficult at that young age to really decipher why you feel like you can't identify like you can't be something, but you want it so bad and you're willing to do anything to be that when really the color of my skin does not stop me from being that kind of leading lady or an ingenue in my real life or as the performer, which is the goal with more <laughs> representation in media. And um, it was wild because the it girls about that, about just that, how I felt like I wanted to be, and you know, a lot of my music, whether it's American dream and the it girl, a lot of it is about dismantling these idealistic um, and cookie cutter or, uh, almost like a very American ways of looking at uh, your future and the thing that society has told us is like the way to go and the thing that society has told us is perfect and Mm -hmm. pristine and beautiful and so I wanted to unpack this term the it girl because that's what I wanted as a kid I wanted to be this pretty blonde princess who like fell in love with Prince Charming and um, and I've realized the whole that whole song is kind of like my middle finger up to that whole um, thought. <laughs> I'm like, you know, that sucks. I don't want any of that, actually. I want to create my own idea of what the it girl is. And um, anyway, when I did share that um, experience of what I did in high school, I felt like it was something that was very strange and very isolating and very much like something that was specific to me. And then all of these like <laughs> brown girls DM'd me saying they did the same thing in high school mm-hmm. and they never talked about it either. So sometimes when we get really specific and we get into like the really weird, um, shameful things um, that we want to talk about, actually, it's the most relatable things. And so, yeah, that's the it girl. <laughs> yeah. I, it's just a, a great, 
um, and both of the videos uh, for the It Girl and um, Fight Like a Girl, you've done a really great job on uh, uh, presenting those visually as well. Thank you. Um, it was hard in quarantine. <laughs> I'm sure it was. Did you do that all like by yourself on that one on the one video? Yeah. Well, um, so fight like a girl. That was all just uh, user, like you know, um, mm-hmm. uh, fan and friend uh, curated mm-hmm. um, uh, material. And then the it girl we shot on a green screen, and that was just me and um, two friends. Uh, during quarantine who put that together and um, we sent it off to a animator who lives overseas and uh, he put it together so you know it was pretty wild to put something together with really hardly a team at all because we couldn't we couldn't Mm -hmm. have a group of people make a video Um, even with two people I felt like it was a really like we had to be very cautious and it was something that we were very mindful about so it was fun though. It was a really good experience. It, it sometimes, sometimes having challenges like that and limitations can bring you to your most creative moments because you have to be creative in order to make it work. Yeah. Well, I think they work beautifully. I'd like to talk Thank about you. the artwork that you've released for each of these singles. Yes. Uh, they're just beautiful. Who did this artwork here? Oh my goodness. So I was on this search to find uh, a female artist to do all the artwork for the record. And I just went on Instagram searching and searching and searching. And I happened upon this young girl, 16 year old girl. Her name is Mika Sen. And uh, she's on Instagram, Mika, M I K A S E N Art, Mika Sen Art. And I just found her and she didn't have a huge audience or anything like that. I just was like, wow, her work is incredible. Mm-hmm. And in the bio, it said that she was um, said that she was uh, 16. I was so impressed, and I messaged her, and I was on. I was also curious because her name sounded Japanese to me, and I'm half Japanese, and so I was like, oh, maybe she's Japanese too, and and she is. And um, anyway, so she created all of this with colored pencil by hand, and just incredible work. I'm so over the moon impressed with what she's been able to do with the artwork and you know still just a teenager not just a teenager she is a teenager and she is an incredible artist um and then all the artwork is uh inspired by different things um uh, the it girl actually was a concept that she came up to came up with that i love with this flower kind of piercing through the hearts of these mm-hmm. um these three uh versions of one person and then uh, the Fight Like a Girl cover is uh, a big fan of mine. Her name is Aria, and she lives in Hawaii. And uh, I asked her to take some pictures of what it meant to her to fight like a girl. And this was one of them. And uh, we turned it into the artwork. Oh, it's just beautiful. I, it really is. Will you be? Will she be doing the artwork for the entire full album that's coming out? Yes. Oh. I actually, I wish I could show you right now, but we haven't released it. But it's right in front of me. And there's... Um, the album cover which hasn't been released yet and a bunch of uh, she did i mean a total of maybe five or six um pieces of art oh, it's just gorgeous i just think it's beautiful it's just yeah she's <laughs> something else i love it well let's talk about this new record it's your sophomore uh record your follow-up to your yeah. 2017 album uh this time you've got tucker martin producing for you correct yes all right, yeah. and he has worked with the Decemberist First Aid Kit. He 
actually did um, Roseanne Cash. Uh, mm -hmm. She remembers everything, and that was a great record that came out a couple years ago. Uh, worked with Case Lang Veers. He's worked mm -hmm. with a lot of great people. How'd you get hooked up with Tucker Martine for this? Oh my goodness, the Tucker Martine story. This <laughs> is my favorite because it was it was it goes back to 2015, really. And I was driving down Venice Boulevard, listening to SiriusXM. And uh, Blind Pilots Don't Doubt came on. And I just started, I, I really, I started tearing up and I had to park my car. And I said to myself, I don't know this band. I don't know what's happening right now. But whoever produced this song is going to produce my music one day. And I just made this agreement with myself. And then I turned into a huge Blind Pilot fan. And then... Uh, Fast forward a few years later, uh, my manager asks me, okay, so who's the dream? Like, who is the dream producer for this record? Let's start, let's start at the dream. Let's start there. And I said, the dream is Tucker Martin, who produced Blind Pilot's um, record and then like Lions. And she was like, great, let's start there. We happened to have some way of getting in contact with him. Um, and it took a, I had a conversation with Tucker on the phone when it's like a preliminary meeting and we talked for like an hour and a half about music and just about our own philosophies of creativity and music and just everything. And we were truly just on the same wavelength. And it wasn't until later, like I, when I worked with him, I was like, wow, like an hour and a half of Tucker Martin's time is incredibly valuable. And for him to have given me that time very early on was so generous and, um, you know, then a few months later and lots of follow-ups and lots of persistence and making it work with his really busy schedule, um, we made it happen. And it was an absolute dream come true working with Tucker Martin. I really, it exceeded my expectations and I really had high expectations. That's great. Do you have a, a planned release date for the follow-up? Um, the release date is going to be announced soon, soon. very soon, but it's well, uh, happening before the end of the year. <laughs> well, that's good. We, we are really looking forward to it. Like I said, we've already got the first two singles in our library. We've got the last record and we cannot wait to start uh, playing everything else that's on this record. I'm and excited. I can't wait to see more of that artwork myself. <laughs> yes, I know. Uh, I can't wait for it to show you. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you mind if we hear one more song from you? Absolutely. Uh, this is the It Girl. I could tell I was living in a world that wasn't made for brown-skinned girls Just you wait, it'll be your turn And in the mirror I would say to her I could be the it girl, can't you see? I could be the face on the magazine Paint me like a debutante, your prom queen Pretty little it girl, yeah, that's me ever feel like everywhere you go you're just an act in the sideshow just a friend a second thought it's time you give them everything you got i could be the it 
girl, can't you see? I could be the face on the magazine. Paint me like a debutante, your prom queen. Pretty little it girl, yeah, that's me. Why don't you look into the mirror and say I wouldn't want you any other way But I could be the it girl, can't you see? I could be the face on the magazine Paint me like a debutante, your prom queen Pretty little it girl, yeah, that's me I could be the it girl, can't you see? I could be the face on the magazine Paint me like a debutante, your prom queen Pretty little it girl, yeah, that's me Pretty little it girl, yeah, that's me Pretty little it girl, yeah, that's me But I don't give a shit, girl, yeah, that's me the It Girl, Raise That Argosa. Thank you so much for taking the time to meet with us today. We look forward to the new album. People can follow you at Raise That Argosa uh, on your socials to uh, get more information on when exactly this much-anticipated follow-up record will be coming out. We cannot wait. Thank you, you so much for having me, Shane. This is absolutely. So it's been a pleasure, and uh, good luck with everything, and don't be a stranger. We'll be here. Thank you. Hope to see you in person soon. I know. Me too. You take care. <laughs> You too. All right. Bye-bye.